Welcome back to the What's Next podcast. I'm here with Pastor Daniel, who kicked off week two of our foolproof series, talking about the book of Proverbs, and uh, talked about foolproofing your speech. Uh, we use our words all the time. I mean, even this podcast is all about the words that we're using to communicate. And uh, so great message yesterday, really hit home for a lot of people. Um, if you're listening and you have not watched the message yet, yes, you're going to get a quick recap here, but it is worth the time to uh, check that out on YouTube and watch our service or at least watch the message. Starts at the 32 minute mark. Uh, really, really worth hearing. Um, great word, Daniel, on, uh, on foolproofing your speech yesterday. Yeah, thanks. And uh, this message. One of the things that's you know fun about the proverbs is just that they're so practical, and I say I think that that's one of the things that people connected with was just that this was like a very practical message that uh, was heavy on like here are things that you can implement, and uh, yeah, so I think that hit home with a lot of people. Yeah, so one of the things that you kind of started out with um, communicating was this. Um, our words are immensely powerful to bring death or life, and our words create our world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'd love it if you just would share a little bit more around that. You talked about the sociology and psychology of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, just if you can give a little bit more framework to, to what you mean by say, our words create our world. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of started out just talking about how I was preparing for this message. It just um as i was thinking more and more about our words uh i was just realizing how powerful they are and so i kind of started out with proverbs 18:21, which just says that death and life are in the power of the tongue so it's this idea that what we speak it has this creative potential that we can either speak life into a situation or into a person or we can speak death uh and that's true like in individual relationships but it's also true kind of on a broader scale in our society the words that we use to interact with each other go on to create the type of world that we inhabit and this was a point that i was reading uh, by dallas willard who he's a philosopher and kind of a spiritual formation guy and i guess in the message yesterday i said dallas willard is a philosopher because after the message <laughs> i was like you know that dallas willard died right i was like yeah, yeah i knew that <laughs> i think i said is instead of was so uh, anyone uh you know is wondering that uh yeah he passed away i think when i was in my first year at kingswood i think mm. it was because we had a professor of spiritual formation who like really loved dallas willard and then uh, he had actually like met him and stuff and then when he had died it was pretty hard on him so mm. anyway i digress a little bit of a backstory <laughs> but anyway so dallas willard is just kind of talking about how you know, we live in a very um, science heavy framework of trying to understand our world. And, um, you know, we want to understand what's going on in our world. And what he says is that, you know, we study things like physics or chemistry or biology, and those are all important. But if we really want to understand the world that we're living in, we have to go a a discipline or two higher. We have to go to like psychology We have to understand the thoughts that are going on in our own minds and in the minds of others. And then we have to understand sociology, how we interact with other people on a large scale. 
And that cannot be reduced simply to the biology or the chemistry or the physics. And this is one of the really interesting things about humans is that we are, we, you know, there are parts of us that can be explained biologically and chemically, and we can get into the physics of how our bodies are held together. But if we really want to understand the interactions that we have, the politics that go on in our world, we have to move beyond those. And oftentimes what that means is that we have to look at the words that we're speaking to each other because words convey our relationship between each other. And this is kind of what he's getting at is that our world really is a world of different kingdoms. And we don't really think about that too much because, you know, we think that we're democratic, but really our parliamentary system is just, you know, we have a parliament that's kind of, you know, the kingdom instead of a king, right? So we still live in a kingdom or the dominion of Canada, so to speak. And as we interact with other nations and other states, really, the things that shape our life, our life more than any other is words. And so words have this immense power. And that's um, why it's so important that we get our words right. Yeah. And I mean, you and I, it's obviously not as real as your example of parliament stuff, but you and I were talking about this movie that I watched last night, uh, Arrival oh, yeah. in 2016. And um, if you haven't seen it, it's really good. Um, and uh, but it, it's based on this idea. There's one character that feels like uh, the basis of culture and society is around mathematics and science. Uh, but the main character's premise is that our world and our universe and culture is really based around words mm. um, and how we understand those. Um, and it has a huge part. I'm not going to say anything else beyond that because if you haven't seen it, it's, it plays into the twist. Yeah, but it, it plays into this idea of, of, you know, it really demonstrates a really clear illustration of how words create worlds. Um, mm -hmm. And so if if you want a, a really cool movie to watch, uh, check out Arrival on Prime. Uh, it's really good. Uh, so you've got into three practical things we can do to help create our world, to help create a positive world. We're going to create a world no matter what we do, no matter what we say. The question is, mm -hmm. are we creating a positive world or a negative world around us? Yeah. Uh, and so you, you gave us three really practical things. Um, I'm going to give the three all at once, and then we'll kind of go back sure. and break them down. Uh, so the first one is speak with intentionality. Um, I, I added a word to that that you actually you used it in the next sentence. So, but I just kind of added it a little longer. Was speak with intentionality and responsibility, right? Yeah. That your intention has to understand that there's a responsibility to what you say. That your words again create worlds. They have impact on other yeah. people's life. Uh, speak with grace. Mm -hmm. and speak less than we listen. Yeah. And uh, and so those are really great. So let's start with that speak with intentionality and how that plays into this idea of responsibility here. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, as you were saying, this idea that, you know, because our words are so powerful and because they have so much creative potential and they can shape our world, therefore we have a responsibility to steward the words that come out of our mouths. And so I kind of talked about how uh, in Spider-Man, it's kind of the classic line, with great power comes great responsibility. And that's true. When we're doing something that has a lot of uh, potential in it, you know, something that can do a lot of good or a lot of harm, there's this responsibility to use that thing in the right way. And that's the same with our tongue or our speech or even what we type online. 
Yeah, and I have to say, uh, I saw Nathan give a little bit of a fist pump when you uh, brought up Uncle Ben and that great line <laughs> from Spider-Man, yeah. uh, just talking about uh, with great power comes great responsibility and that idea of words. Um, even wisdom can be found in the MCU. Uh, exactly. So, uh... <laughs> and, yeah, so that was kind of the first one is just recognizing that. And, uh, you know, I talked about how Jesus even talked about how we're all going to have to give an account for the empty words that we've spoken. And that idea of like an empty word, it conveys that sense of like, you're not really thinking about it. You're just kind of spouting stuff off. And then, um, you know, I, I read through four or five proverbs that just kind of talk about, you know, that the wise person is the one who guards his mouth and his tongue and how that can keep you from trouble. Um, talked about, you know, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer about restraining your lips. Um, you know, it even says that if fools, even if they keep silent, people are going to think that they're wise, essentially. Um, so there's all these different proverbs that speak to uh, just this idea, and it's really summed up well by James in the New Testament. He says, be slow to speak. Um, and I wanted to use that as the title, but I was like, well, this is a book, you know, a message on Proverbs. I just want to full sale, uh, you know, go to James, but he really sums it up well. Yeah. This idea of being slow to speak. And the idea in being slow to speak is that you take the time to think through what you're going to say before you say it. Yeah, I had a, a good friend in high school, and whenever you talk to him, especially if you ask him a question, there's always a pause, and it mm. took me a little while to realize that what he was doing is he would actually formulate the full sentence or sentences in his head before he spoke them, uh, which made the conversation take longer, Yeah. And but even though I never always agreed with what he said, um you at least knew there was intentionality behind what he said and that what he said he actually meant he had given thought to it um mm -hmm. and so even if you disagreed with it you at least knew that's where he stood that that's yeah. where he was starting from yeah and i think too like you know because these are general statements similar to proverbs and i'm trying to summarize things and so um, as you were saying last week, I think it does take wisdom to know the heart behind these. And like, you know, maybe that's like a pretty extreme example of how to apply that. Oh, definitely uh, an extreme example. But but yeah. it goes to your point of last week, if you missed the message, you were talking about how it takes wisdom to know how to apply the Proverbs. And that's, you know, one of those examples where um, you can just take it like so far and then miss, you know, the, the general principle behind the proverb. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, and so just before we move on to the speak with grace one, the other thing that you talked about that I think is incredibly important for us to bring up is that we have, especially online, become meaner, bolder, and less respectful uh, yeah. because our inhibitions are lowered uh, because we feel like there's some anonymity and there's less accountability, yeah. which... Um, comes against that that tension of responsibility and i think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that a little bit yeah for sure so yeah i just kind of talked about how when we're anonymous online it's really there's not the same accountability like if i'm having a conversation with someone face to face and i want to say something i want to disagree with them i have to see the effect or the impact of my words on that person's face and i have to deal with a response and a critique 
versus if I'm online, I can be much freer to say whatever I want without thinking through the consequences of what I'm saying. And one of the things that I said is like, you know, we think about the, you have to think about the consequences of who you're intending that for, but also who you're not intending it for, because mm. there's going to be lots of people who see it. And so if you're posting something or you're saying something that is directed towards one group of people, you have to think about all the other people that are going to see it. And coming from their perspective, how are they going to view what you're saying? Um, so yeah. That's that's really good. I didn't even think about that uh, that part yesterday when you said this, or really at all. But how many times have I directed a, a comment at the person who, or have seen people direct a comment at a person online that initiated the conversation, but all of the responses from people who were impacted or took offense or were encouraged by that comment that it was never really yeah. originally directed at. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like we think through this quite a bit all the time at church because you know we are trying to communicate to people uh you know we want you know even when you're preaching you want to communicate to people who are believers but you also want the things that you're saying to be relevant to people mm -hmm. who aren't believers sure there's always that kind of balance and i think that's just a good perspective to take into anything that you say in public yeah absolutely um, so yeah i just kind of talked about how you know it's not just your imagination that people are edgier or more divisive online. It's actually because there's this lack of accountability and lack of thinking through the consequences of what we're saying. Um, and so one of the things that I didn't have time to get into, but as I was reading uh, and looking into this, one of the really interesting stories that I came across was uh, Abraham Lincoln. He had a practice of essentially writing like really angry messages when he was like fired up he would write these letters to people that were just like brutal but then he would never send them and so it was a way for him to kind of vent and get his frustrations out uh but you know he wouldn't actually send them to the people he would just put them in this box and then a couple decades later people found them and now we have them as they've been passed down through history and obviously he was leading in a time that was you know very divided during the civil war like um, so he had lots of stuff to be upset about, but I think um, that kind of went into what I said is like, you know, before you post something, or before you send something to someone, you really do just want to stop and take that minute to think through the consequences of what you're going to say. Yeah, I've definitely used that myself. I've um, mm. written really strong emails in a Word document, not as a draft, so I don't accidentally send it but yeah. as a Word document. And then I've used that to either change my wording to temper it to send a properly worded yeah. response or deleted it all together so that there's no evidence that I ever said those things. So um, one uh, really funny example that I just thought of, I, I remember thinking, oh, I should use this as an illustration and I completely forgot when I was actually putting it together. But uh, there's one really funny scene in the office. I don't know if everyone's watched the office but it's one of my favorites because yeah absolutely it's a great show but so there's this one guy in the office his name's creed and he's kind of like this really crazy like oddball sketchy character who's just always like stealing stuff and anyway so uh there's this younger guy who's kind of like the tech savvy guy out of college ryan and creed asked ryan to set up a blog for him so that he can start putting out his thoughts online and what ryan does without mm -hmm. creed knowing is he just sets up a Word document for Creed. So Creed is like <laughs> yeah. typing into this Word document, thinking that he's like sending out all these like crazy ideas to the internet. 
And then the camera goes to Ryan. He's like, yeah, like I could not let him post this stuff online, but I thought that was like a good kind of just funny like analogy of like, maybe you just have a word document you type the stuff into instead of putting it like on Facebook or, you know, your blog type thing. So. <laughs> yeah. Remember Facebook is not your personal journal. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a world that many people are impacted by. Yeah, uh, which exactly. really leads us well into the second one, which is to speak with grace, um, mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of our responses don't have grace in them. Uh, I was thinking about um, that really aggressive response that we tend to have when people um, say something behind our backs, right? Like say it to my face, right? I dare you say it to my face. Yeah. Um, and, and that kind of ties those two ideas about this, uh, this lack of accountability we feel online and then recognize that when we speak to somebody, we really need to speak with grace um, mm -hmm. rather than yeah. aggression. Yeah. And it's, again, I, I think this is one of the things that is hard online is that um, kind of, you know, speak with grace is it's not just what we say that matters, but how we say it, and especially I didn't really get into this, but online, you can't communicate like, you know, so much communication is nonverbal with the way that you say th things and your body language and your tone and all of that is just cut out online. And so there's a lot more opportunity for people to take things the wrong way online. But um, it's just really important in the Proverbs say again and again that it's not just what you say, but it's actually how you go about saying it that makes a difference. And um, maybe like the one proverb that I think sums it up the best is Proverbs 15, 1, and it says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And it's just that contrast between a soft answer and a harsh word. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that I thought that was uh, really important. And kind of what I talked about was how, you know, this is like Proverbs were written like 3,000 years ago. Like they're right. very, very ancient, uh, but they're still being backed up by like the latest research that's going on. And so one of the things that I talked about uh, was just how our, as we're understanding how the brain works better, we're actually seeing that these things validated by our understanding of the brain. And so I talked about how, you know, if you come at someone and feel threatened, it actually triggers their kind of survival mode, their sympathetic nervous system. They go into that flight, uh, fight or freeze mode. And essentially, they actually lose their ability to critically think and reason at that point. And so, you know, it is very true that it's not just what we say that matters, but it's how we say it. Yeah. And I, I, I commented yesterday on the online when you had mentioned that you tend to have the flight type mode when confrontation comes up. You're like, mm -hmm. get yeah. me out of here. This is awkward. Uh, I tend to be on the other side. I tend to get more okay. in the fight mode, like bring it on, let's go. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, which I know can be really foolish and say really stupid things. Um, our district superintendent, uh, Peter Moore, uh, I was chatting with him uh, one day. We were uh, driving down to to go meet with another pastor, and we were talking about just like these these modes that we have. And he was talking about how the neuroscience has actually shown that when you get into these points where people are fighting, these conflicts mm -hmm. where you can see people are ready for the fight or flight mode, um, you actually should take a 20 minute break because the 20 minute break uh, gives the brain a moment to actually reset and mm -hmm. come back 
and look at the problem from a broader perspective. Otherwise, what happens, and you mentioned it yesterday in the message, we just tend to dig deeper into our trenches because we are now in, a, our brain is now in fight or flight. It can't reason. It can't yeah. process anything other than this is what I think. This is what I have to stand on. This is what I have to do. Get me out or get me deeper in. Yeah. Um, and we really need to be like, okay, no, like step back, take a deep breath, 20 minutes, let the brain yeah. reset, uh, let some of that adrenaline pass on um that you can actually process and reason and listen to each other yeah for sure yeah and this is why i don't like you know it depends on what type of personality you are and things like that but i know for me there's like lots of times like if you know you're in a situation and you're in like the moment for me like oftentimes when i'm reflecting on like oh i should have said this in the moment and like <laughs> well i couldn't think like i was just frozen <laughs> yeah exactly i'm like i wish i had said this why didn't i say that like i feel so stupid that would have ended it right yeah and really yeah. probably would just kept it going but uh yeah it made me feel more right yeah um, so anyway yeah that was uh you know it's just i find it interesting like there's so many examples of just things that the Bible says that are just, you know, being backed up by research. So that's, I just always like to point that, that out. Yeah. And so that leads to the third one, which is where we tend to have the hardest point, especially when we get to that fight, flight, or freeze mode, which is to speak less than we listen. Yeah. Or sorry. Yeah. yeah. Speak less than we listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and something you said yesterday really caught me. Um, you said it, I think you said this was from Carl Rogers. Uh, the great majority of us cannot listen. We can only listen to evaluate the first listening. It actually takes courage mm -hmm. to actually listen yeah. without trying to evaluate and still prove ourselves right, but to actually hear their perspective from their side um, without critical analysis critical evaluation and figuring out how i'm going to prove they're wrong that takes yeah. courage because it means we have to admit we might be wrong yeah um, yeah that's huge. i thought that was a really good quote and uh, i think it's very true like we just have a natural tendency to want to get our piece out there to say our piece to you know let people know what our opinion is but again the proverbs again and again just caution us that you know, if we speak before we listen, then that is not a wise thing to do. Um, and yeah, that that quote by Carl Rogers is really good because it's very true once you start to think about it that oftentimes we think that we're listening, but really we're not going into a conversation with an open mind. We're going in to listen, to dissect, or to evaluate mm -hmm. someone's position and to point out, okay, you just said this, but here's the reason it's wrong. And you know, we're almost like formulating a response to what they're saying instead of just listening to what they're saying. And so he talks about how, you know, to truly listen to someone, it does take courage because it means opening yourself up to the possibility that I could actually update my belief system. I could actually change my opinion on something. And I think, you know, we're living in a time, I kind of said this at the beginning of this point, but we talked about how we have speech problems, but really I think the bigger problem we have is a listening problem as a culture, mm. um, especially, you know, I'm assuming that most people listening to this podcast are probably fairly, um, you know, gung-ho for vaccinations. And I think that's a good example 
Uh, and so one of the things I said was like, you know, if you're someone who's very for vaccines, when was the last time that you really had a conversation with someone who had reservations about vaccines and you didn't go in there trying to prove your point, but you just went in to listen and to mm -hmm. ask them, okay, like what, what are your concerns? Um, how are you getting this information? Like what led you to the place that you're at? So. And it's so um, hard when you are convinced that they are wrong. Yeah. Whatever the situation, whether it's vaccines or something else, when you are convinced that somebody is wrong, that they mm -hmm. are so far on the wrong, even I think for a lot of people around the vaccine things, you feel like people are so far on the wrong and they're causing public harm. Yeah. Or personal harm. Um, man, it can be so hard to actually listen. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mentioned briefly this book by Adam Grant called Think Again. And uh, I had just got a copy of it through the public library on the weekend. So I was just kind of skimming through it and reading. And he talks about the power of listening. And he talks about, I didn't get into this. I had it in my notes, but I decided to save everyone and <laughs> go a bit shorter. But he talks about um, the counseling practice and motivational interviewing and how effective it is at actually helping people to update their beliefs. And it's completely counterintuitive because what he says that you think that if you wanna you know, convince somebody of something, you need to come at them with arguments and data and stories uh, and you need to convict them and all this stuff. But he talks about how really listening and just asking people questions about how they came to their beliefs. And, you know, you can kind of ask questions that hopefully will get them to discover for themselves that maybe they're not as sure as they should be in their conclusions. Uh, mm. But he has a story in that book that is, I think, very relevant. And uh, apparently there's this, I can't remember if they're a psychologist or what, you know, professional designation they have but they're from Quebec and their like nickname is the vaccine whisperer um and it's this uh I can't remember if it's a guy or girl but it's this person uh who basically is like renowned at talking to people who have vaccine hesitancies and changing their minds um and so he tells the story of this mother I think it was in Montreal or Quebec anyway somewhere in Quebec Quebec city that is uh who was very hesitant about letting her children, her young child get the like mumps, measles, rubella vaccine. Uh, and so they, you know, they tried all this stuff, like they couldn't get her to do it. And they called in this vaccine whisper and they just went in and had a conversation with them and used this kind of motivational interviewing technique where they just asked them questions. And by the end of it, she got her young daughter vaccinated and she believed so strongly in vaccination that she actually got all her other kids, like she went and got them and brought them into the hospital and got that, got them vaccinated as well. Wow. Um, obviously the story is more interesting in the book. I'm just telling you the very brief overview. <laughs> sure. uh, but it's just, yeah, it's interesting because we don't think that listening really has power to change people's mind. Um, but the truth is that it does. Mm. And, and really to what you're saying, listening has more power than the speaking. Yeah. And I think uh, like one of the things they talk about is when we listen to people, um, it actually allows them to feel comfortable with us. It, you know, if we come in and we're just, you know, why do you believe this? Like, don't you know about this and this and this? People get defensive going back to the second point and they put their walls up versus we go in and we're asking them questions about their self and we're, we seem truly interested in them. 
they're going to be a lot more receptive to what we have to say. Absolutely. That's so good. Well, we come to the end of our time here for the podcast, but uh, I hope you've grown a lot from this, that there's some things to take away. Um, I think we could talk about this all day about listening better, uh, which seems almost like an oxymoron, but uh, (laughs) you're listening. So we're talking. We're listening to Uh, each other. (laughs) That's right. That is true. And uh, so we're excited about this series that we're going, uh, continuing in this coming week. We're talking about foolproofing our plans, uh, what it looks like to trust God with mm-hmm. our plans. And when things don't go the way we expected, the Proverbs have a lot to say about that. Um, so we really hope you join us as we talk about that this coming Sunday. Uh, and uh, go. Uh, the, there's a going deeper email that you can dive into. And there's also the sermon series um facebook group we encourage you to join us for that and have some conversations around foolproofing our speech so thanks for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you next week have a great day